Hello and welcome to another episode of Coaching Chaos. It's a beautiful Sunday morning and it snowed for the last two days, but the sun is out and the snow is glistening and I'm looking for those diamonds in the snow. And I talked about that in a podcast previously called Diamonds in the Snow, looking for the blessings, looking for the things to rejoice in. And so during this season every year, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints puts out the campaign Light the World, and we are to look for the healthcare workers and be grateful for them and look for the heroes and um, make cookies, decorate a door, shout out gratitude to someone. And yet, for some reason, for so many of us, this time of year brings feelings of inadequacy and darkness. Um, They don't have enough. Things aren't going well. They may have lost a job just before Christmas. Or relationships are hurting and struggling. There's a lot of things that could go on during this special time of year that is joyous and and filled with happiness for many of us but then for many of us there's darkness that's swirling about and the climate of the world is dragging them down and so i'm focusing my podcast today on the hope of god's light april 2013 by elder uchtdorf and of course come follow me there's a few verses that just illuminated my heart in Moroni 9. We see others, and maybe it's even ourselves, struggle. We see others appear to be happy, but we don't have any idea of their struggle, their despair. I know one woman who was always applauded for her going and doing in service seeing her everywhere on someone's front door walking down the street carrying something taking something to someone somewhere and in speaking to her she said i might look like i'm happy but i'm doing this service to dispel my despair it kept her busy and it kept her finding joy in the service Darkness is is part of our condition as mortal beings, Elder Uchtdorf says, and sometimes we feel as though we are surrounded by darkness. And he lists a series of things that could be causing our clouds of darkness, just as I did. Maybe a medical diagnosis. Maybe someone is struggling with depression or a wayward child. And like I said, damaged relationships that are in need of repair, or maybe the repair will never come. My own mother is in despair over her children and their direction of their life and feeling sorrow, deep sorrow and and hurt over their choices. And when I talk to her, I remind her that it will all work out mom everything will be okay and she said to me you know you sure say that a lot do you really believe that 
and I have said it to her in times where I haven't really believed it, but when I really look at it, I do believe it. I do know that the light will come and I know that our Savior will return. And I know that as we look to Him, as we truly look to Him, the darkness does dispel. And Elder Dukdorf even says this, God promises the hope of His light. He promises to illuminate the way before us and show us the way out of darkness. I looked up the word illuminate because he uses that word several times and I have used that word several times through several times in my podcasts. And so I love that word. Make something visible or bright by shining on it. Light it up. Maybe with something that's tangible and a flashlight or something to illuminate the darkness. Or help to clarify or explain. Those are the definitions that I, I found under illuminate. So, to clarify or explain, then you feel like your light bulb has gone on. Oh, aha, you have that aha moment. Or make something visible or bright by shining light upon it. Does it have to be a flashlight? How about turning the light on? Okay, yeah, that's definitely shining light on it. But how about your presence? Walking into the room and smiling at somebody or showing up on their doorstep, or being about good. I know from this sister who said this to me that one day that she goes around doing good because it dispels her darkness and her despair. Service is a a miracle worker for the soul. I haven't ever really spoken about what I do or where I work. I work at a residential treatment center for boys ages 12 to 18 who are addicted to pornography and they are acting out in inappropriate sexual behaviors. And there's, on a scale of one to 10, there are boys who are addicted to pornography because they've found it on their friend's phone to boys who are addicted to pornography because they were sexually abused and they were shown porn and then they were acted out upon and then they in turn think that's how you treat others, they sexually abuse. So some of these boys are victims and then they have victims. And it's varying degrees of abuse, but nonetheless, these boys are sick and they're getting help from us. And just recently I had a conversation with a boy who had been severely sexually abused, that he thought that that is how you in turn treat others in this world. and. And I don't want to go into detail about his experience, but I told him that he no longer has to be a victim of these circumstances. He can turn around and use these experiences for his good and become off and come off as victor, as victorious and claim victory and no longer be a victim and hold fast to hope that through this healing they can have a totally different direction in their life and no longer blame their experiences as to why they feel justified to act out in this world in in misery in hopelessness to stop being cynical and take that path that that they were once on and direct it towards a light 
a new way. And we, we don't talk about God. We don't talk about the Savior. But sometimes I'm so tempted to, to say every time you think something negative or hurtful or you want to harm yourself, think about your Savior. Really, really think about his love for you. And over time, you can redirect the brain. You can redirect the brain by having thoughts of gratitude each day, just as President Nelson challenged us to. As Elder Uchtdorf says, spiritual light rarely comes to those who merely sit in darkness, waiting for someone else to flip on the light switch. We have to hear the promptings of the Spirit. We have to feel the tuckings of our heart. And we have to force our legs to sometimes stand up and walk one step in front of it, one step in front of the other and go and do. Hear, feel, then do it. And we can dispel that darkness, but we cannot wait for someone else to flip on the light switch. We have to flip on that light switch ourselves. We have to turn on that flashlight. In Come Follow Me in Moroni 9, I was researching this and studying this and came upon BYU Maxwell on Instagram. And there's a little tiny clip from, I believe it's one of the professors at the Maxwell Institute at BYU. And he talks about uh, Mormon and all the things he witnessed. And he explains that he did not become a victim of his surroundings. So I will share that little clip with you here. World, Mormon is willing to trust God enough to be it, to love it, even as he loses it, to witness it, even if it's not going to turn out the way that he wants. Uh, and this really sets him apart, I think, from from the other Nephites, as Mormon tells the story, who I think are characterized by the fact that uh, they're not willing to look in the eye the fact that the world is passing away. They're not willing to see the writing on the wall the way that Mormon is. And as a result, they end up losing everything. As a Christian is the fact that he's willing to, to look the truth of this world in the eye and love it anyway. And so that little tiny snippet right there really touched my heart that his surroundings were is such that that the Lamanites and the Nephites were literally killing each other, even feasting on one another's flesh. It's it's a horrible, horrible depiction that is told in this chapter. But there is so much goodness that Mormon looks for, and he looks forward to a brighter future that regardless of what was going on around him, he was determined to carry on the work of God and to press forward. So Elder Uchtdorf says, you too can press forward. You too can start right where you are. And he says, isn't it wonderful to know that we don't have to be perfect to experience the blessings and gifts from our Father in heaven? He says, the very moment you begin to seek your Heavenly Father, in that moment, the hope of His light will begin to awaken, enliven, and ennoble your soul. And He says, the darkness may not dissipate all at once, 
but surely as night always gives way to dawn, the light will come. And by turning your heart toward the Lord, we lift our soul up in prayer and explain to him how we are feeling. I know one returned missionary that said they felt very alone on their mission and oftentimes would look out the window and wonder, why am I here? I am not feeling God's love at all. And they came home and visited with a therapist and were prescribed some medication because apparently they were experiencing some great amounts of depression and anxiety. And as they began to feel better from taking that medication, they began to have experiences where their their soul was now penetrated with the spirit and they could feel more healthfully. And they said that they had felt the spirit for the first time in many years and felt the spirit even stronger now than they did even when they're on their mission. And they were confused by this. And I told this person, you needed to be on medication. You yourself needed to be on medication to open up those channels of healthy feelings and to not be caught in depression and despair. So the alarm just went off on my husband's phone and it's time for us to get ready for church. And so I am going to close this right away and I just want to pour out my heart and express my gratitude. And when I'm feeling in darkness and despair, sometimes, oftentimes, the pride will enter in where I don't want to feel light. I want to stay down in my dungeon of darkness. And I talk to myself and, and say, you know, you've, you've got to pull out of this. And one day I was feeling exceptionally irritated and aggravated by something that was going on at work. And my dear friend said to me, it was a gentle nudge, a reminder. Shari, you have a podcast. That's all she said. She knows the purpose of my podcast. And it's to stop being that pinball in the pinball machine, bouncing and, and reacting all over the place on the circumstances in my life. And to be more mindful with my reflections and my study of the gospel to apply them more directly to my life. She pulled me out of that moment by just that simple, gentle reminder. She didn't say it mockingly. It was a gentle nudge and it was an awakening. Oh yes, I know what I am supposed to do here. And she lifted me I'm grateful for the fact that she has been placed in my path at such a time as this. And she's a dear and faithful friend. And as she nudged me, she changed my day. And as we look for the little things like fresh, fresh sheets, I love that feeling of climbing into bed after I've just washed my sheets. The feeling of accomplishing hard work at the end of my day. I'm just thinking about some of the little things I love. 
we don't get to hug very often, but when, but when I do, it just, the feeling of warmth surrounds me. And a hug isn't a huge thing, but it is a huge thing. I love to laugh. I laugh to where I cannot breathe. And my children say that I sound like Dory, the whale, when she, when she comes upon the whale and she begins to mimic it, I sound like Dory. And that is me laughing really hard. I love being on the beach and that's a very rare opportunity, but that's one of my favorite things is listening to the ocean. I love going to lunch. I love the sky, sunrises and sunsets. I love walking the dogs. I love summertime. Oh my goodness, I love summertime and having the windows all the way down and my girls with me and we're blasting music and we're singing to the tops of our lungs. And usually they're singing the loudest because they know every word to their music. And I especially love the sun on this cold day, how it's sparkling across the snow. So Elder Uchtdorf reminds us that as we try to pull ourselves out of despair and darkness, those ways to walk in the light, he says, Heavenly Father knows that you will stumble and perhaps many times this saddens him, but he is never angry with us. I talked about that in the in the podcast called Delightful. He is not mad at you. He is delighted in you. He loves you. He desires that you rise up and become the person that you were designed to be. And as we strive to serve and love our neighbor, he says the light of the gospel will surround and lift us. The darkness will surely fade because it cannot exist in the presence of light. As we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And day by day, the hope of God's light will grow within us, brighter and brighter until the perfect day. So he says, to all who feel they walk in darkness, I invite you to rely on this certain promise. To open your heart to him, seek him through study and prayer, come to his church, even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, learn of him and of his gospel, participate, actively help each other, and joyfully serve our God. Even after the darkest night, the Savior of the world will lead you to a gradual, sweet, and bright dawn that will assuredly rise within you. And as my dear, sweet friend who served a mission and came home and discovered that their despair and darkness was maybe even a mental health issue, they turned to medication. And what a new day that they experienced. And feelings of love and light were able to enter in. In Moroni 9, verse 6, he says, And now, and I'm going to replace my beloved son with my beloved son, my beloved daughter, my beloved husband, my beloved friends. Notwithstanding their hardness, meaning the Nephites and the Lamanites, he says, let us labor diligently that we may conquer the enemy of all righteousness and rest our souls in the kingdom of God. And behold, my daughter, my son, my husband, my friend, I recommend thee unto God and I trust in Christ that thou wilt be saved and I pray unto God that he will spare thy life to witness the return of his people unto him or their utter destruction. 
for I know that they must perish except they repent and return to him. And that requires all of us to return to him and seek out his light. And he says in verse 25, Be faithful in Christ, and may not the things which I have written grieve thee to weigh thee down unto death, but may Christ lift thee up, and may his sufferings and death the showing his body unto our fathers and his mercy and long-suffering and the hope of his glory and of eternal life rest in your mind forever. So I leave you now as he left his son to abide with each other forever in his light. May you bask in it. And I hope to bask in it as I go to church today. I get to go to church today. And that's why we have the alarm going. And I forgot to turn it off on my husband's phone before I started this podcast. But I hope that maybe it woke you up and helped you to listen a little more intuitively and to seek out our Savior and to turn to his light and light the world in service And in so doing, you light your own world. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Coaching Chaos. And if someone else needs to hear my work, please share it with them. That we can light another person's world and turn closer to Christ. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Shari Reynolds and this is Coaching Chaos.